Hey, everybody. I hope uh, you guys had a great Thanksgiving. How was it, guys? Fantastic. I had a really good one. Did you guys watch the Tyson fight? No, but I'm glad you brought that up because it's embarrassing. Um, from what <laughs> I read, first of all, all right, that's it, funny. Um, it's, it's embarrassing on, on many levels. Number one, it, it was a carnival thing, okay? It was, it was, it was a stunt. But more importantly, they weren't in shape, okay? From what I read, the, the, these were two-minute rounds, first of all, two-minute rounds, and they were gassed after the third round. That's what I read. Now, this is based on everything I've read. But I saw pictures of them, you know? They weren't in shape. Roy, I couldn't believe Roy Jones. It was like he was training at Dunkin' Donuts or something. <laughs> um, you know, uh, so, yeah, um, that's the biggest thing that kind of bothers me. When you're gassed after three two-minute two rounds where it's an exhibition, you know, you're not trying to kill each other, uh, man, you know, but it, the biggest thing is if anybody watched that, take a look at them as they are today and imagine them as they are today fighting themselves when they were in their prime, a prime Tyson, a prime Roy Jones Jr. would, would slaughter each other, you know, slaughter yeah. the 50, you know, and, I think that has a big reflection on other sports, other styles of combat sports, where you got guys in their 40s still competing at a high level. And that, what does that tell you? It shows you that the level of competition, you know, isn't that great. Um, because you cannot, in any other major sport, now this is going to cause some heat, but I don't consider like shooting pool or playing golf a sport in that sense, like, you know, super athletes. Um, what, what about strongman? Those guys yeah, are now I'll older, get to that. right? I'll get to that in a second, but well, not necessarily strongman, but powerlifting. I'll get to that, but um, any any other major sport? Well, strongman, okay. Football, basketball, baseball—you you can't compete as you get older. Your skills are so diminished because you have to be so highly and finely tuned, and you have a bigger talent pool to draw from. Okay. Um, and that goes along, too, with strongman um, or Olympic weightlifting or Olympic wrestling. You, the skill set, it, it's so, you know, meticulously finite. You know, there, there's not this big chasm of uh, gaps in ability levels, okay? Everybody at, at the high level is like, wow. So strongman, the, the thing with that is you have uh, – athleticism involved yours running or whatever you want to call pushing pulling things like that um you know it's it's very hard to keep you know when you're 50 
to try to keep up with these guys who are in their 20s doing it. Now, powerlifting is a little different because you're not – there's not a lot of – I don't want to say the word athleticism, but you know what I'm saying. You're, you're moving a bar just a, yeah. a little bit, or you're deadlifting just a little bit, or you're squatting up and down. So you can maintain your strength, you know, in old age. Okay, you really can to to a pretty good degree. But when you're talking boxing, uh, wrestling, uh, you know, any any sport where it's world, I mean, truly world class athletes and you're doing a lot of different kind of motions and everything. Age catches up with you. And the biggest thing in boxing is your reflexes. Okay, because you're 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 trading blows and you've got to, you know, your reflexes have to be boom, you know, Um and that goes, you know, and and your vision too, and sometimes it's hard to see like you did. Um, none of that affects you if you're doing something like, you know, powerlifting. Um, you know, you you don't even actually need your vision for that. But I, there was a time in my life where both fighters, and this is my opinion, were the best fighters in the world, pound for pound, the the, the best boxers in the world. Tyson was at one point, Roy Jones for a long time. Roy relied a lot more on not so much boxing skill as physical attributes. And I mentioned this years ago. I said, once those attributes start to go, he's going to fall apart. And he did. Um, boxing, Tyson had a lot of different kind of boxing skill, you know, with the, you know, movement and, you know, all of that stuff. I loved watching him. So, yeah, um, it, it's, it's, I mean, I'm glad that they made money. And I'm sure I hope they got paid well. I mean, I'm sure they did. They didn't risk anything, you know, as far as they, they weren't going to hurt each other. No knock, no knockout rule and, you know, the cut rule and all of that. This was an exhibition, plain and simple. But um, yeah, I did see it. I thought, I thought it was pretty cool. And actually, I didn't think they looked too bad being considering their age. And uh, like for Tyson, the gap between his last fight and now was like 15 years. He didn't. For me watching it, I didn't see him getting getting gassed. Uh, Jones took some really hard body shots from Tyson, and I knew that I was going to gas him out. So I think that's what really contributed to his, him being gassed out. He took some really hard shots to the body. Oh, it, okay. no, I thought I, it was pretty cool. Um, I didn't think they looked too bad. I thought Tyson looked pretty sharp for, you know, considering his age and everything. Well, just based on the photos that I've seen of them, they were not—they were soft, you know, physically. Well, yeah, compared to how they normally looked. Yeah. Well, I mean, and it shouldn't be that difficult because these weren't, uh, you know, like Roy Jones was always just lean. He was never like uh, muscular or, or anything. It's just all about diet. And there's plenty of men older than him that maintain their physique. You know, uh, I knew a guy. His name was Dave from Chicago, who in, in his late 60s would run these ultra marathons, like over the course of, you know, they, far more, he could run far more than 26 miles, okay? They would run like maybe, what is it, 50 miles in a day, and they would cover like 100 miles in a couple days or something like that, and he was doing that in his 60s. Um, so, yeah, I'm a real firm believer in your body has to be, you know, a lifestyle for a lot of people 
it isn't. Like maybe I don't know. I'm not speaking for Tyson or Jones. I'm using them as an example. Boxing was a was wasn't a lifestyle for them. All right, um, it was a, a competitive thing. It was a sport. And then once you retire, okay, you can do whatever you want to do with your body. I know that Tyson at one point blew up. He got real, real heavy. Yeah. And, you know, at least he lost all of that. But um, for me, you know, this is this is a lifestyle. I mean, I'm always going to be within, you know, 10 pounds of, of either way of my weight. 225 is my middle, is my thing. So if I get up to 230-ish, 230, or go 220 or lower, you know, I'm always going to be right there. I'm, I'm not going to let myself, you know, get that far out of shape. So with me, those who you know, those who know me, I can get right back to my target weight within one week and keep it there, and I can get my musculature back within six weeks or so in the gym. But and I, I can't go to the gym now with all this going on. But, um, yeah, I, I wish them well. But, uh, yeah, it, it's just, I, you know, I, I want to remember them. i tell you something. Gene Kelly, the great actor-dancer, was phenomenal. And he was on The Tonight Show, I believe it was. It was either that or Merv Griffin, but I remember seeing it. I'm pretty sure it was The Tonight Show. This is back when Michael Jackson was big. And, you know, the moonwalk. And Fred is... Uh, Gene Kelly said, well, that's nothing new. We all did that back then. I mean, this is not a new move, okay? And Johnny said to him, will you demonstrate it? He's like, no, 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 because Kelly could have done it, I guess. But he, like Gene, like Fred Astaire, walked away when they were at the you know, top of their, their game, and they didn't want to leave a memory of, oh, wow, um, the closest that Gene Kelly did was when he did that movie Xanadu where he was doing stuff on roller skates, which blew me away, um, with Olivia Newton-John, who also blew me away. Um, but, you know, there comes a time when you got to walk away. You know, uh, you know you're, not, you're not capable of doing what you used to do unless you, you know. But, again, I'll give credit to these two guys. It was an exhibition. It wasn't like Tyson was actually trying to fight some, you know, champion fighter. Um, but we all remember what happened with Muhammad Ali. Okay, that, that left an impression on me. Mm-hmm. You know, what, here's a guy who should have walked away. Um, Rocky Marciano before my time, but he cried. He literally cried when he, you know, beat Joe Lewis, beat him up, knocked him out. You know, um, he cried because Joe Lewis was his idol. As many many fighters, many people idolized Joe Lewis. Great man. So you got to know when to walk away. You know, it's hard, especially in boxing. It seems that that's really a hard sport to walk away from because, you you know, you know, it's like, okay, like football. Like, I used to love to play football. I mean, I loved it. But, you know, football is one of those things. It's a team sport, and you're never going to walk up. You know, I don't walk into, like, a grocery store or a hardware store and look around and say, you know, I'm a better football. I bet you I'm a better football player than that guy. I bet you I'm a better football player than that guy. Nobody thinks that way. Right. But you do walk in there thinking, well, I can kick his ass or I'm a hell of a lot stronger than this guy. That's instinct. That's a manly instinct. You want to be tough. You want to be strong. You know, you're not born with an instinct to say, Oh, I want to be the best baseball player. You know, that's just something that's cultivated in you. 
So I think that's why it's hard for boxers to walk away um, because they're used to being tough. And they walk around every day knowing that 99% of the people that they run into, they could still kick their ass. Okay? So it kind of makes you think, oh, man, I, can, I know I can whoop everybody here. So that's part of the thing I think psychologically because that's how I feel about myself. I still walk around knowing I could lick everybody, right? This is no problem. But I'm not the guy I was. You know, I don't have the speed, the strength, you know, the, the reflexes especially. Um, which is the most important thing, you know, I don't have that. You're still, you're still young, Nico. Um, you can still develop. Uh, but a lot of guys never were that good to begin with. Yeah, average Joe's no offense to you, Joe, hey, you're, man. you're way, you're, you're not average. <laughs> you're well below. Um, they never reached their peak. So now they're 40 years old. They could be better than they were when they were 20, okay? That's what I tell a lot of people when they email me. Am I too old to get into this and blah, blah, blah? No, you're not. You know, if you were, you know, you're just still, you're never too old to improve on a new skill set. So, I mean, you may not become a world champion, but you, you'll be better, you know, than you were. I definitely so, think I could take myself like my 20-year-old self with what I know now, I didn't know any grappling in my 20s to my now, if I think back on it. Yeah, I mean, you, maybe I started. So I would, yeah, I would definitely destroy myself. So I've got that going for me at least. And that hair. So you'd get more girls now than you did when you were in your 20, when you're 20 because of your, your looks, your hair. That, that, that curly is in, okay? And thin is in. So you're... I'm halfway there then. Yeah, well, you're both, no, you're, you're thin. I mean, you know, I mean. Yeah, I could be better. But. If a woman says, God, I want a guy that looks like he never works out. He's just like a couch potato type. I want those. I want that. Okay, well, here, meet my friend Joe Cardinal. Okay? I mean, that's, we all have our thing. So, no, but ki all kidding aside, um, yeah, you can still get better now. Like Tyson and, and Roy Jones will never be better than where than when they were in their prime because they reached their absolute, pretty close to their absolute pinnacle or peak. You know, and same with me. I pushed my body to the peak. I, I was as good as I was going to get. Um, and, you know, so after you hit that and it's all haul downhill, whereas you two guys still have a lot of room to grow. I don't know you, Nico, 20 years ago, but I know Joe 20 years ago, and Joe's a lot better now than when he was at my gym 20 years ago. So, I know I was a lot bigger and stronger 20 years ago. That's for sure. Well, you can get that back. You were getting really good, man. Your conditioning was coming. Your body was looking good every time I'd see you once a month, and I'd be like, man, you lost some weight. You're looking cut. I saw the tre tremendous change. <clears throat> in a month and then one month you came in and you kind of you looked a little soft and you're like yeah i haven't been able to work out this and that you know um i, I can tell you know um <laughs> there's no there's no denying it well the same here with i mean it goes for all of us you know if, if somebody's looking at you and they're you know in tune to that kind of stuff and know what to look at you know uh yeah but for me i just want to make sure that i stay as close to what I was, I don't ever want to let myself get too far out. Now, body, your, your, you know, laws of gravity take effect. So shit's going to start, you know, sagging and, you know, your muscles. But I, 
I still want to continue to keep some sort of uh, semblance of uh, respectability. Um, that's just me, though. That's just how I am. I just want to be, you know, I can't walk around at my peak, but I want to be pretty close to it. Uh, let's see. Yeah, Thanksgiving was nothing for me here because, you know, with my situation with my mom, again, I don't want to drag on with that. It's always, she fell the other day, and she's in bad shape right now. So, um, you got to watch. It, it's just, you know, it's, I uh, can no longer get a caregiver here, a caretaker, caregiver, whatever they're called. Um, this, the county is going to contact me this coming week about sending. They're trying to start a new program. I'll give them credit for it, but to send somebody out once a week for two hours to play games with you know, their clients or patients, however they want to be referred to, which no, is better than nothing, but it, it's not yeah. like two hours once a week. That, no. Um, that's a lot better than nothing though. That could be therapeutic in a way. Well, she was going, you know, nine to five, five days a week. That really helps. And all of these people need each other. They need that. They deteriorate mentally without that companionship of people, you know, their peers. And I, you know, I, and they know that, like I said, when the nurse called me, she was crying on the phone. She was so upset, Susan. She was so upset about it that, you know, we have to close the program and I'm sorry. There's nothing we can, you know, there's nothing. I told her, I said, if there's anything I can do to help you personally, let me know, you know, uh, but they know that because from the last lockdown, a lot of patients never came back. They, they fell to pieces and one was put into an institution or whatever. And other one died, a couple of them died. Uh, you know, it just, this is, you know, you can't have that. You, you, you have to have, and I know just for me being isolated out here, how terrible it is. You need that companionship, that camaraderie. And I used to read on the, uh, the, the gerontologist stuff, uh, the old timers, like the really old people, a hundred year old people. And they, all their friends are dead, you know, but they they surround themselves. They, they, some of them want to be independent, live on their own, but they have family. They have people coming over all the time. The others, they go to these assisted living facilities or nursing homes. And at least they're around people and they, they kind of become a celebrity. You know, my mom was a, was a, uh, in home caretaker for years years and years and years. And at one point she was taking care of a lady who was 101 years old. And I went over to her, the lady's little apartment and it, it just felt bad because if it wasn't for my mom, this woman had nothing. She was in this apartment by herself and it was a one bedroom, real tiny. Who wants to live like that? So, and she died shortly thereafter, you know, because she, she had left from a house situation and went into this apartment. So I don't want to see that happen to my mom or these other people that go to the adult daycare because I've been there. I've seen them. I've met some of the people. And um, and we're not talking 100-year-old people here. We're talking people in their 70s and 80s, okay? Uh, you know, we just need to take care of our elderly. We do in this country. And uh, I think a lot of times, here's the soapbox we put our efforts into honoring other 
I mean, everybody that does something good should be honored, but we, we need to really start worrying about our seniors more and, and get programs for them because uh, not all seniors have a family to, to count on. Like my mom only has me and I don't have anybody. So when I, you know, I'm damn near going to, I guess I am a senior. I don't know how that works. So once I'm done taking care of my mom and things make its natural course, I got to start making plans for myself because I won't have anybody to take care of me. and I'm not going to be like her. Well, Nico and I pledge to put you in a home when the time comes. Can you put me in a home soon? Like with um, like maybe Raquel Welsh or give me Julie Newmar still. I mean, she's an older lady and I could learn a lot from her. Yeah. I don't know of anybody my age and I'm, well, who, who's considered hot in, in their mid fifties in, in Hollywood. I don't know. I, Joe, Jennifer Lopez is at 50, I think. I'm not, I've never, I've never, I, never, I was never into her, man. Give me somebody else. Beggars can't look, be choosers, Tony. She don't look 50. No, she does not. Well, she doesn't need to beg. I mean, it, I mean, if, if she's begging me, all right, I'll, I'll go with it. But no, besides her, I don't, I don't follow it. I don't know. I, I'm, I've been lucky in my life. I've, I've met some very, I've dated and been with some very, very beautiful women, you know, uh, so I can't complain about that, you know? Um, but yeah, I just, yeah, I don't want to be, see, I just don't want to end up like that, you know, totally alone. Cause that's the way the, the path is. The path is running for me at this stage of the game. Um, so yeah, uh, we're still in lockdown um, regarding restaurants and really gyms. Um, bars, uh, uh, well, like my mom's adult daycare. So there's other facilities that probably aren't being mentioned that are affected by this. So I'm writing off the rest of this year, but on that note, and I don't want to, I don't want to let the cat out of the bag because I'm still in the fundamental planning stages, but I'm going to have like, hopefully a training, two things going on. Uh, I'm going to do some update i guess you'd say to my youtube channel where i'll be putting out content uh just myself maybe once or twice a week depending on the technical limits of my equipment but i'm going to uh you know just be filming solo by myself uh, a little updates and then I, i may launch uh a monthly membership for uh train physical you know, like isolated training and things like that, where I, I can go into my little area here at the house where you guys were working out and I can demonstrate some stuff, some techniques. And uh, I want to get all this going by the first of the year. And the monthly thing, I'm, I'm still trying to figure it out, depending on the students, the, the amount. I mean, we could do like a Zoom thing because I, I saw that we could do like you could get up to 100 people on Zoom at once, which, I mean, that wouldn't be practical. You can't have 100 people and asking, answering, asking and answering questions. You'd be on for two out, 10 hours. But I, I could do, I'd like to do a little like once a week interactive, uh, just a short thing. I, I, it's still in the planning stages. So uh, right now it's, you know, getting things set up it's difficult man when you when you're doing everything alone by yourself that's the hard part you know so 
And uh, I'll be heading out your way, Joe, either today or first thing in the morning. I got to go to Micro Center. Um, and I don't know about my car. I hope it'll, hope it'll start. And uh, nobody, I mean, it's a mint condition automobile, but just there's just, there's just this thing. I had it last year, and then all summer it was fine. Spring and summer it was fine, and then it acted up again, and now it's fine again, and nobody can find out what the issue is. And then tomorrow and Tuesday I'm doing a survey thing, a taste test, food thing with pasta sauce, red pasta sauce. So I'm going to ask my friend Scott if he can take me because the thing is only 45 minutes long, so he can wait in the car for 45 minutes uh, on Monday and Tuesday afternoon. So I got to get a hold of him later today and ask him if he can please do that for me. I would really appreciate it. And I'll make 120 bucks. Nice. Some gift gift cards. Yeah. Well, I'm not getting any in stream, income stream. So none of us are working uh, while well, you guys are, but that's um, the dream job, man. Getting paid to eat Italian food. That's that's I need to yeah, get into that. I, yeah. I think it's just sauce. It's the, the gravy that I got to taste, you know, uh, and it specifically said red. Okay, so I, I mean, I'm an oil and garlic olio guy. Okay, spaghetti aula. And uh, nope, I, I'll do it though. You know, uh, I'm a gigolo when it comes to Italian sauce. I guess you know, I, I'll eat, I'll drink and eat the gravy. You know, for for money. You know, bring it on. <laughs> anybody I think you're else? Just a gigolo in general. Not yeah. Just a... <laughs> well, if anybody out there in TV land or internet land has any. Want me to taste test your, you know, your, your recipes, send them my way. I'll, I'll taste it for you. <laughs> Tell you what I think. <laughs> Why not? You know, I make a pretty mean red sauce. You do. Yeah. Well then I'll taste it. All right. Send me some and I'll, <laughs> I'll try it. Why not, man? You know, you I'm gave me about, I'll oh, go ahead and I'll have to bring you some. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm looking for something here. I don't know if it, uh, I don't know where I put it right now. I don't. I hold on. Keep talking. I'm gonna go check something out. Well, the one thing you know, Tony was talking about like aging and the other, th all kinds of things slip. Like my mom used to make a mean spaghetti sauce. You know, like I she it turned me on Italian food very early on. She's not Italian ethnically. It was my father who was Sicilian. Uh, but my mom learned, you know, she had to cook Italian if she was going to, you know, stay in the family kind of thing. And yeah. she made a mean spaghetti sauce. But, you know, when she got older, she stopped cooking. And so, um, you know, several years ago, I said, hey, mom, can you can you do it again? Can you, you know, just like when we were kids, can you make the sauce? And it just wasn't the same. You know, she forgot little nuances or whatever it is. But that's one of those things, man. You know, you got to like you know, to all the people listening out there, if your family has some good recipes, get it now, learn it to get it to the next generation, because it's not something that even, like I said, with time, people forget the little details of how they cook it. Yeah. That's what my mom, she made the best lasagna in the history of the world and made awesome chili. She don't remember either one of those. Um, my one buddy, Dave, I think has my mom's chili recipe. She wrote it out for him, but here's what I wanted to show Nico. Remember this? Oh, that stuff's the best, you, man. Right? Yeah, right? I mean, I got it, baby. Yeah, I still <laughs> have some. Yeah, baby. I have my – it's actually sitting right right here. This thing that I'm pounding on is my little refrigerator down here. And, I, you know, I had to get nice. up to go get it. Oh, yeah, and I have my – so I have my refrigerator here, microwave on top. Well, here, this is what I got going on. So I got my little refrigerator – 
then I got my microwave and I got my cappuccino thing right there down here. I'll set up my little uh, cafe, nice. right? Oh, yeah. You guys <laughs> haven't seen this yet. Yeah, I, I redid all this. You know, I just painted. Pretty much is all I did was I painted. You know, and I painted the wall. Three, we'll see. I painted two of the walls, and then I did, um, I painted the floor. And I got some sliding doors, you know, vinyl doors. And, hey, I'm a runner. I don't have to do any of this, but, I, you know, it's fine. I put television down here. Um, which, oh, I forgot. I wanted to hook up since my TV no longer works in a living room, my one year and two month old, uh, TV died. My nice 58 inch TV. I need to take the cable box and put it down here in the basement because I, I'm, I'll probably go to micro center first thing in the morning because I want to watch my Cleveland Browns and I'd like to watch it down here. Um, Oh, wait a minute. I don't need my cable. Yeah, I can watch. I watch them through fire stick. Okay. never mind. Um, yeah, you guys got to come over, man. Tony's um, cafe, Tony's cafe and taste test center. <laughs> this is like a scientific laboratory. That's what we're going to call this down here in the basement. The lab, <laughs> you know, uh, speaking of lab, It'll be, so my, my friend, as I told you, she lost her dogs. She had to put her dogs to sleep um, a week ago. And December 13th, Cheetos, my, the greatest human being I ever met, will be gone one year. So labs, dogs are out of my future. I don't, I don't want any more. I don't want any. I can't have one or it wouldn't be safe with, you know, with my mom situation. And I just don't, I can't take the, the loss anymore, the attachment. I get so attached. You know, and I know, Joe, you lost your dog, you know, a little over a year ago. How Maybe two years ago now, right? Oh, yeah. I can't even remember the exact. It's probably a little bit over a year because I think it was yeah. right before Cheetos. Yep. So and, you went uh, through it, yeah. Oh, it's devastating. It's it's horrible. I, I spent two weeks in mourning. I was just like a big baby, like, it, especially because it came out of the blue. You know, I think if the dog was deteriorating where I'm like, okay, I better get ready here. You know, like this dog is on the way out. You know, like you brace myself for but it was just, he was, I mean, he was old. So I knew that I thought I had like a couple of years, maybe, you know, I, you know, I was definitely trying to be nicer to him. He was an old man at that point, but it just happened out of the blue bang, you know, like all of a sudden he couldn't move his hind legs, um, you know, and took him to the vet, the vet tried shots, different things. And it was like all the, the normal things, you know, that the kind of cost efficient things uh, had no effect. And he stopped eating. Like it was just quick. I had, we had to make a decision within, and actually I probably let it drag on too long, probably 48 hours, but we actually wanted my daughter to come back home to say goodbye, you know, so she, cause she was out of town. Uh, but it was like, yeah, he is, you know, no meds, nothing they were doing. And they're like, it's, well, the next stage up would be like MRIs and surgery. And they were talking thousands of dollars and that's just ridiculous. And, you know, as much as I love the dog, it just to pro prolong his old life at that point didn't make sense. And um, so, yeah, I mean, it was just kind of like, yeah, it was just kind of like, like we talk about the surprise punch, you know, that's the one that gets you same thing. And, and it was just one of those hard life lessons is that someone who you think could be here, you know, you could, generally when you size up people, you're like, oh, I got some time, you know, they're going to be around, you never know, you know, whatever it is, today yeah. could be it. And that, that dog was like that it was just like, and um, yeah, I had to stop the suffering. So like for two weeks, it, and it's weird, I don't know if you had this with Cheetos, but I had, and I've had this because I've had to put two down two dogs in my adult life but it's almost like they're, they, they haunt you for a little bit. Like you expect them to come around the corner. Oh yeah. I know? still think that every time I go out, 
you know, like, oh, I got to check the door. Yeah. You know, if I drop some food, they're going to get it. You know, like your, yeah. your brain is just programmed to think they're still in your life. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's funny. I mean, people who don't have pets, maybe don't get it or think you're, but it is, they become a member of the pack. They're part of your family, you know, and they're, they're like a dependent child and, and they're loving and loyal. So, I mean, they've got probably all the best attributes that you'd want from any person. Like you said, Cheetos is the best person you met. You know, yeah. most people can't, you know, they're just distilled down these great personalities. So when you take that out of your life, it's, it's huge. You're right. And I, every time still I go out and I got to, Oh man, you know, oh, I got to get home. I got to eat you know, food. I keep thinking about them, you know, um, yeah, I'll always think about them. And I've had dogs. This is the longest period of, period of my life that I didn't have a dog. Okay. Um, yeah. Cause I've, I've, I've had dogs. I love dogs and I've had all different breeds. I'm not a, you know, but Cheetos was, a rescue dog. I wasn't going to have any more because my dog, my Cocker Spaniel, Frankie, just Frank Gotch was his name. Um, Frankie uh, just up and died at seven years of age. He wasn't doing well. I took him to the vet and he had what was considered akin to, I believe, lupus. And they had to put him to sleep. And that shocked me. But that was it. I'm like, I'm not going to no more. And then Cheetos was, I didn't want him. I was offered him. I No, I don't want another dog. I'm done. Especially a Chihuahua because oh, they're mean and all this. Well, yeah. I went over to my buddy and it was her, his girlfriend's and she was going to put him to sleep the next day. I saw him. This guy was so full of love. You guys met him, but you, Nico, you yeah. met Cheetos when he was a little older, when he slowed down a bit, but Oh my God, I had Cheetos in the America's fastest Chihuahua contest. Okay. And he finished in third, but he would have won coming out of the gate. I came by myself and you're supposed to have somebody, you're supposed to have two people with you because somebody that the dog knows at the other end of the, of the, of the track so that you can call for him. And he came out of the track, out of the door, out of the gate, and then turned left. He was looking around, and then, you know, they somebody in the contest, they just, they just put somebody over there. They started screaming his name. So he was like, he, these other dogs had like a head start. He ended up almost catching them all. He, I can see he finished in third. But these people trained their chihuahuas for that. These, these, I figured I'd be the only one, maybe two or three. There was like 30, 40 chihuahuas, and they're trained these people come in caravans and shit. They got t-shirts and jackets with their dogs, you know, you know, like race team. They, I mean, it was freaky. I thought that was kind of like weird, but yeah, man, Cheetos, he was quick, man. Trying to catch that guy, man, when he would grab my food or something out of my hand and I try to catch this little shit, no chance. He'd be running under chairs, this and that. I mean, forget it. The guy was like a blur, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so hey, I don't want to call this place the lab because that'll make me think of Labrador retrievers and shit. So we'll have to come up with a, a, a yeah, the cafe is fine, you know. Uh, but you got to bring me your uh, your gravy, baby, so I can try it, man. And, yeah. uh, although I got to admit, you know, I've lost the urge for this red, you know, the red gravy, man. I, I like my uh, oil and garlic. And I also like uh, Alfredo sauce. Um, but there's this... Arrabbiata, which is spicy Italian. Um, I used to get that. It's just weird. As older I get, I, I'm really into spicy foods now. I could never eat them before. Now I'm, I'm I'm not like a champ. I mean, don't get me mixed up with these guys that could eat, you know, these hot habaneros or whatever. I'm not like that. But I, I do like a little kick to my food. <clears throat> yeah, I got to have some spice in pretty much everything. Pretty Are the Spice Girls it. still around that group? In my heart, they are. No, are they? I don't know. I don't follow this. Are they around? I don't think so. 
I, yeah, again, I don't, I, I listen to music from the seventies. So you're talking to the wrong guy. Yeah, well, me too. I, I listen to, I never listened to them, but I, I appreciated them. If you know what I mean? I'm sure I do. Uh, yeah, I'm not in, I was, you know, I, I liked, uh, yeah, I like the older stuff. Uh, even jazz. I don't listen to any modern jazz. Like, you know, most of the songs that are written in my opinion, in, ja- in the jazz world, not all, but 99% of it to me is I didn't, I don't like it. So I'm more of a standards guy. You know, when they jazz up the, the songs that mattered, you know, that had heart and soul in it. Um, you know, songs like, you know, the Hoagie Carmichael or, you know, just uh, uh, Gershwin tunes even, um, and on and on, you know, uh, Mancini and just, oh, uh, I used to love all of that stuff. Mercer, you know, and just great. And then, of course, the 70s music. I'm like you, Joe, 70s and 80s. I was up on it. And then come the 90s, well, I moved out here. I moved to Chicago in 87. So like the tail end, then I'm here. You know, this plays a mind game on you. I was still playing music professionally back then, so I was I had to stay in that kind of genre. Um, but yeah, I think I just kind of lost a lot of the music. Uh, you know, kept keeping up with the current music, and then the trends changed. <laughs> and uh, you know, it was here's what's funny. This is really really interesting to me, and I think I know the answer. So back in my day. Uh, nobody I knew, girls especially, the girls, never listened to country music. That's hillbilly shit. You know, they did not like country. These same people now worship country music. That's all they listen to. You know why? Because our rock, our 70s, 80s rock is gone. It's, it's, it's gone. So the country is kind of replaced it because it's kind of like in that vein. Conversely, the people that I knew that liked country back then they can't, they won't listen to this shit nowadays. So this is, they're like, this isn't country music. Okay. This is, this is garbage rock and roll to them. That's what they told me. They like, you know, Merle Travis and, uh, you know, Johnny cash and guys like that, you know, uh, Conway Twitty or whatever. I'm not into all of it, but you know, so it, it's, it's ironic how country is no longer the country of the, of the seventies and sixties and forties and fifties and rock certainly isn't. You know, um, it just, you know, music's, music's changed. But what I, I find fascinating is big band music. And, 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 and for those of you out there that don't follow it or, or, or don't know much about it, um, the big band music only had a lifespan of 10 years or maybe a little less. You know, basically the World War II era, okay? That's when it really was happening. And then it went away. And yet it's still here. You have the revival, uh, you know, the big bands, you know, are still around. Um, so the music, because the, the, the music, the songs and everything were so quality, they're timeless. Of course, the problem with big bands is big money. You know, you got an orchestra there that, you know, you can't really go on the road. It's hard to do it financially. It's even hard to put it up here, you know, a venue. Um, so you, you have schools, a lot of high schools and colleges still have big bands and they're keeping it alive. And, and I, I do highly request everybody to support that, you know, go out and listen to them. These, some of these kids, you know, are incredibly amazing. You know, even at, at the high school level, they're champion players. I mean, they're 
really good. Um, but you know, you're drawing on a, a history. Music has been around for a thousand years and <clears throat> they all have good teachers and good arrangers. You know, they, they, they pay for these good charts. So everything sounds good. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's, there's still a lot of stuff out there that interests, interests me, but everything's kind of shut down with the COVID. You know, on the topic of music, I wanted to, I had a couple of follow-up questions from uh, last week's podcast, just kind of refinement on some points. So I remember Nico kind of saying that some of the training he did, he would actually keep a song in his head to kind of pace himself or set up a rhythm. And I was wondering, similar to that, um, but like, did you ever train to music or specific music? Say like, I'm going to listen to upbeat music now, or I'm going to listen to something in a different time signature. You know, were you like, did you... Yeah, or, or do you recommend that or mixing up what you listen to? Like, let's say when you lift or when you shadow box, you know, to, to try and mix up the rhythm of how you move. A lot of guys do listen to music and have, and that's not a new concept. Um, I literally remember my stepfather talking about, cause I guess he used to lift back in the fifties and sixties and he would talk about lifting to music. So it's definitely not a new, new concept. Um, I generally did not, but that's only because of the, um, practicality of it. It wasn't practical for me to listen to music. Um, but, uh, there's times when I have, but generally for me, no, uh, but not because I, I think it's harmful or bad. It just wasn't practical. Cause you remember like the tool and die shop. Um, I used to lift there all the time. You you couldn't really listen to music there. Every, it was the machines going and everything was loud. And once in a blue moon, Kevin and I would put on the oldies station and we started listening to that, but the quality wasn't really there. And Kevin and I were bullshitting more than, you know, talking to each other. So the music was kind of like in the background. Uh, I am opposed to these people at the health clubs because since, you know, my gym closed, I've been lifting in health clubs that wear these headphone things because they can't hear you. And they're jamming up the machines and they're dicking around and you try to talk to them. And I say, excuse me, you know, are you done? And they don't hear you because they got these earbuds in. Um, I don't like that. I definitely don't like that. And um, when you guys would come and train, <clears throat> I didn't want to put music on because um, everybody has different musical tastes. And then for me, <clears throat> with my hearing loss, uh, I can't hear you. If there's music going on, I can't differ differentiate. So like, you know, even sometimes here I'm watching TV and I have to hit the mute if anyone in the room is talking to me because I can't hear. I can't, dif dif you know, I can't differentiate the sounds. So <clears throat> that's why I don't listen to it because um, I'm not going to wear earbuds in a gym. Uh, and no, but I think if it helps, do it. Uh, I would get inspired like Rocky, the Rocky theme or some shit like that. That music inspires me to work out and uh, you know, but not during the workout is what I'm getting at. It'll make me want to go work out, but I, I know a lot of people that swear by it, man. They got to have the jams, man. They got to have the music playing, you know, but my luck, you know, the, I have such eclectic tastes. I'll probably go to the gym and put on honey by Bobby Goldsboro and have everybody in the gym crying. You know, we don't want that or Lawrence Welk and everybody's going to polka around with their dumbbells. Okay. 
I, I like different shit, you know. But bebop jazz, that kind of be cool. I, I can hear that getting piped in. You know, Charlie Parker and shit. You know, some John Coltrane, some Dizzy Gillespie and Miles Davis and some great jazz guitar and shit. That would be cool. And then at the end, the thunderous Buddy Rich drum solo to just like let everybody know that we are nothing but mere mortals compared to him. Yeah. Yeah. I wish we could do that. We could do that down here, Joe. Nico. It's, we, it's funny you mentioned the bebop guys because I do think of them and kind of the, like I said, because they're playing an interesting time signatures. Most people listen to like, you know, and this, I don't want to get too technical, but like pop music and rock music, it's all 4-4 four, four time. We all have kind of, we have this shared time signature to music, but if you start listening to something that's a little bit more complex or different, especially let's say if you're shadow boxing and, and doing head movement to the rhythm, you know, a little bit, just to think, am, you know, am I moving in time with the music or am I, am I trying something different? Just a way to, so not necessarily for enjoy, you can listen to it for enjoyment or inspiration to like, you know, if you're listening to some tunes that get you motivated and pumped up to work out, but also to use the rhythm of it, you know, to kind of train to, that's kind of the other aspect that I kind of, kind of broaching i guess yeah you can do that that's good different time signatures and shit uh and it doesn't have to be really case you know intricate you know just even three-quarter time waltz time you know two four anything cut time anything you know um yeah then you can get into your latin rhythms and hey the middle east their songs have not only different time signatures but they also play on it on sometimes on a different tonal scale okay which is completely way out there you know and i'm not saying that in a negative way it's just you know unique to them it's different so yeah you know i i would do that oh sure i would like throw my hands when i was boxing and throwing punches in hand in different i would use like my drum rudiment kind of things you know paradiddles to the face you know kind of shit uh just interesting stuff you know boom 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 you know that kind of jazz you know and that's kind of cool and you can do that because you don't want to have a pattern. I, I told you, when you're fighting, you want to get out of that pattern, man. Because a good fighter, your opponent will, will, you know, seize up on that. They'll say, hey, man, this guy always throws, you know, two jabs and then a hook or whatever, you know, or a cross, whatever. You know, uh, it, it's, it, you don't want to be, you don't want to do that. Yeah, and your footwork, too. That's why everybody that knows me, they're like, man, you, you got to be a really good dancer because of all your, you know, fighting and shit. Well, I don't. My mom was a professional dancer. I'm not a dancer, but you know, I guess there is some carryover. Like if I get on a dance floor with some sh- stuff that I can't handle, I just start boxing. I just start shadowy stuff. You know, everybody's oh wow. But I think I told you this. I knew this one guy. He was really an interesting fellow. I'm sure he passed away. I've lost touch with him over shit over 25 years ago. But his name was Phil Richard. He was a graphic artist, this, and he did a little bit of everything. But he was a professional tap dancer. As a matter of fact, there was a guy named Ken Barry, who just died last year, who was the star of F Troop and um, Mayberry RFD. And he did, back in my day, the Kinney Shoe commercials, and he would dance it. Well, anyway, Phil Richard and him danced together. They were like, they went to school together. I think they went to the service together and everything. Well, anyway, Phil Richard was trying to teach me how to tap dance. And he was an older guy. He was like a lot older than my mom. Um, At the time, I was probably in my late 20s. I had moved to Chicago already. So anyway, he would go to, he would work out. And he said he would, when he would jump rope, he would tap dance. And he would say, people would come up to him because they'd see this fancy footwork. 
hey, were you a professional fighter? You know, because I'd never seen him do it. But that would be awesome to be skipping rope while tap dancing. And I remember him do a shuffle step, you know, like, I can't do it. I never, I just couldn't do the tap dancing thing. It's tough. But they said Sugar Ray Robinson was a dancer and a tap dancer specifically. You know, Buddy Rich, too, was a tap dancer. But Wow, I'd love to see footage of jump roping with tap dancing. I'm yeah, well, I, yeah, right? I mean, I would have loved to have seen Phil do this because I saw him tap dance, okay? I mean, he would show me stuff, you know, just to show me. And, uh <laughs> Yeah, I would have loved to. Well, he simulated it. You know, he didn't have a jump rope handy, but oh my goodness, that would have been so cool. I don't know if he could, you know, do rope tricks. Buddy Lee, by the way, the wrestler, he can do. Oh man, he's phenomenal with the jump rope. If anybody's ever interested, watch him. I'm sure there's clips around. He used to do them in seminars. He would do exhibitions with, uh, with uh, skipping rope. And I believe, boy, let me throw this out. Calvin Murphy, who played for the Houston Rockets, basketball, NBA, he was a baton twirling champion. And I remember on several halftime occasions, he'd come out and twirl the baton. I think it was Calvin Murphy of the Rockets. Somebody out there will know and and post the correct answer, but um, that was somebody in the NBA that did that. So, yeah, there's a lot of people have a lot of hidden talents, you know. Um, Hey, kind of riffing on the – the jump roping and the, the tap dancing. Another kind of rhythm topic is like when you, when you're lifting, like you're doing a set of how like eight reps or whatever, or if, or if you're jogging, we tend to jog in a very specific, like one, you know, there's a rhythm that you, you, you keep that same pace, uh, you know, and you know, you, you think there's a value to like trying to run a little bit more erratically. I mean, you look like, maybe look a little bit like a spaz, but like, you know, okay, I'm going to, shuffle a little bit or hesitate or go fast, not even just for the cardio aspect, but just to kind of always be messing with your rhythm, you know, cause uh, you mentioned like having like hitting on the half beat or having broken rhythm is, you know, valuable for your fight movements or like, you know, if I'm repping five reps, one, two, three, like normally when I lift, I just go at a very constant beat, you know, to get my set done. But is there value to being like one, two, three, you know, like hesitate, just always kind of programming yourself to uh, mess with timing and rhythm. Do you think there's uh, any fight value? Sure. Well, like the road work, well, first of all, you got to do intervals. So you wanted to sprint and jog. I know that's not what you were referring to, but I just want to throw that out there. I always believe in sprint and jog. But yeah, um, you can do like when you're doing your road work, you can start shadow boxing, throwing punches and shit while you're doing your road work. Run, do hit a sprawl, do three quick push-ups, five push-ups, whatever. It's arbitrary get up and start running and then, you know, start crossing over a little bit. You I mean, you never want to cross your feet in a fight, but you want to, you know, start crossing. Like um, when we had played football, that was one of the drills we used to have to do run backwards and cross our feet this way and then spin and all of that. You can do all of that when you're running. Absolutely. Change your level, this and that. Uh, yeah. And change your, your, your steps, take long steps, take short steps. Um, and on the course, on the uh, subject of bounce uh, running, there's a thing called bounding um, where you take these gallon, like really exaggerated motions and stuff for sprints. It's supposed to help you, um, um, you know, just, so yeah, variety, uh, change it up. You know, uh, I, I, I'm not really impressed with somebody who'll, who'll go out at a snail's pace, let's say, and just run three, four miles. Most people can do that if you're in moderately good condition. 
But it's when you start adding, like you say, Joe, adding things, you know, changing things up, changing your stepping fast, slow, up, down. And then, then you see where your fitness is, you know, um, you know, running a mile in 12 minutes is not, you know, it's, it's not beneficial for you. You know, it's really not, what is that proven? You know, you got to try to strive, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta try to get something out of the workout. Otherwise it's just a time killer. You know, you're just killing time. But, um, in the gym, go ahead, Nico. I always got the most benefit from, like you said, with interval training, um, mixing up sprints along with the running. And then also when I was in really good shape, I used to do uphill sprints and I did push-ups at the top of the hill and then just walk my way back down. And that's, that was a tremendous workout. Yeah. Well, Walter Payton used to run up the hill out here in Barrington or Lake Zurich, whatever. Um, Yeah. Yeah. All of that is good. You know, that's what I always did. You know, um, I always did that. I mean, I'm talking always, always, always. I did intervals, you know, um, you know, back in the seventies, I was doing interval training, you know, um, but I had that gift of speed. I was just, you know, always trying to run ways of running faster and this and that. I just wish I, for that's the one subject I never had a coach, you know, you can't count my high school people. They, they were, they, they were not coaches per se. They actually damaged me, but I, I wish I would have had a sprint coach. My, you know, I, I really do. If I would have had a good sprint coach. I think I talked about this. They brought somebody in. So I was like six, 17, I think I was, 16 or 17, and they brought this guy in. We, my high school was right across the street from the college, so we could use their outdoor track. And he wasn't that much older than me. Okay, this guy was like maybe 23, 24, a sprinter. And he's, you know, I kind of, I just had an attitude. I did. We raced, and I just, I, I mean, I left. We were jogging, and then we took off. He was so far behind me, it was like, you know, he was in another area code, okay? And that's when I lost respect for the guy. And I'm like, man, dude, you you know, you're not going to coach me. <laughs> this is how I thought. Because I never had a coach that wasn't better than me, okay? Rod Vaughn was better. You know, I didn't know anything. When I was with him, he blew me away. He was stronger. All my music teachers were far better than me, okay? I never had a coach that was worse than me. Okay. This is one of those things. So I, I should have shut up and like kind of listened to the guy. Maybe I could have gotten some, but I don't know. I, I, he wasn't fast enough. Maybe if he was 60, then I would have, okay. But when you're 23 years old, whatever he was, you still should be in your prime, man. Yeah. I, um, that's my biggest regret in, in a lot of ways. I wish I would have had a track coach, you know, could have really, uh, Got my, t- I wanted to run, you know, like I said, my time at the time, my, the world record was 9.95. That was a hundred meter dash record. And then I believe Calvin Smith, Calvin Smith lowered it to 9.93. I believe in 1983, I graduated in 82. I'm going off a of memory here. It's hard for me to remember that, but I wanted to get like 10, 10, one, 10, anything under 10.2 would have been fine with me you know that would have been world-class speed that's what i wanted <laughs> who knows if it could ever happen tenths of a second in a hundred meter dash is like a hundred pounds on a bench okay it doesn't sound like much but a tenth of a second or two tenths is like a large okay that's large and that's another thing but think about that when it comes to fighting you know watch some sprints 
this is something to, to do. Watch a sprint where the winner, let's say, wins in 10 flat, and then, like, somebody else crosses the line in, like, 10-4, 10-5, half a second, let's say, 10-5. Uh, that's a huge gap. You'll see it. And um, they won't even be in the same frame, okay, at the finish line. The camera won't even have these people in the same frame. And that's when it relates to fighting because if you're just a tenth of a second off, it may not seem like much, but it, it, it doesn't correlate to distance, but it correlates to that opening, that timing. That's why that's getting back to the reflexes that we talked about earlier today and why, you know, older fighters just cannot compete, you know, unless everybody sucks. Um, Cause you're talking about split second things, you know, the opening is there just momentarily. Right. And you've got to, you've got to capitalize on that, man. Every little degree of weakness every little tenth of a second it it works against you it's it's just it's it's man it sucks <clears throat> so i don't think this is things that a lot of people think about you know but is, is there any kind of fitness training that you think will, can help with speed aside from sprinting well yeah i mean yeah uh years as years went by i mean i studied the the science of it you know um and there are things that you can you can do, but I'm not a good example, really, because I have fast. Well, I'm old now, but when you know, I had fast twitch muscle fibers, so I could run fast and I could throw punches fast just naturally. Um, but they put on speed clinics and they do things like that. Most important thing that I can tell everybody here is to be relaxed. Okay, that's the that's the thing that you don't need to pay any coach to tell you that. All right, you have to be relaxed. When you're tense, your muscles tighten up and everything slows down. So first and foremost is be relaxed. So let's focus on running. Um, if you feel the tightness in everything, you're, it's going to slow you down, okay? When you look at a world-class sprinter, Usain Bolt, anybody, okay, um, they have power and speed. They look like a racehorse, okay? They're just majestic beauty. All this strength, all this power, but they're relaxed when they're running. They're not tight. And, you know, it, it's hard to visualize, or it's especially hard for me to try to explain this, but learn to breathe, you know, learn to just say, you know, be loose and goosey, you know, like that. Just, just relaxed. Don't be like, like a robot. You know, you can't do that. And that goes for running, punching even absorbing a punch, you know, you don't want to be tense. It's everything is, you know, like you got to be like a wet noodle and shit, you know, uh, just that. So that's the simplest thing that I could tell everyone. <clears throat> and again, breathe in and out, um, and through the nose, out through the mouth, learn to breathe and don't be a mouth breather. Like I don't do that. Just keep your lips pursed, but not, you know, not wide open. You know, you don't want your jaw. You don't want your mouth open, you know, uh, it, it, it's it's not good, uh, especially in fighting. You get your mouth, mouth open, <clears throat> break your jaw. You, you don't you don't want that. Um, yeah, but yeah, you can you can you can really learn to exp in, in, you know your speed. Like when I was training for the, that push up world record, you know, I was doing explosiveness on the bar on the bench. You know, I was exploding, popping it, popping that bar off. You know, getting getting used to my, you know, moving, you know, quick quick boom, getting my hands to just fast you know and another thing is learn to 
pull back fast, like go out slow, pull back fast. Okay. That'll all help your hand speed, you know, and it'll keep you limber. Now don't go nuts right away. Gradually go slower until your, you know, your body becomes accustomed to it. So you don't, you're not pulling muscles and things that warm up and everything. Um, but yeah, there, there's things like that. Simple things. All right. That you don't, doesn't even cost you any money. Does you don't need equipment, but, um, and don't rely on, on aids to help you like, uh, sports drinks or you know worse stuff like performance enhancing stuff stay off of that jazz man you know that's just junk you know you you want to do everything natural you got to be a natural athlete you just you, sh- you do i have no I just don't you got to be natural i've always been natural and and to my knowledge the exception of one or two people that i come to find out later were doing shit i never trained anybody that did dope that was one of my things can't be on this stuff man i don't want you on this stuff go to somebody else because you'll it's 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 fake so another soapbox that's okay speaking well, of you, so, go ahead do you think powerlifting could aid to your speed because that's primarily hitting um like fast twitch muscles right i would think weightlifting would olympic lifts more than powerlifting yeah. um because powerlifting is more controlled, uh, slower and controlled. Um, I mean, you could modify it naturally. Like I just said, with the bench, I, I, I'd explode off my chest like that. But that's not when I'm lifting heavy poundages, by the way, either. Um, I was lifting. I calculated it out, and it was just kind of like a guesstimate. Because even though I weigh 220, I didn't put 220 on the bar when I was training for my push-ups. Because you're not lifting 220 pounds when you're doing, that was my body weight. So you're not lifting a hundred percent of your body weight when you're doing a push up. Okay. You're not, you're lifting a percentage of it. And I don't remember now what I think I, I think I had 150 or 160 or 175 on the bar. So, and you know, and back then my max was high. So I wasn't anywhere near my max lift, but I was just doing it to, you know, to work the, um, you know, the explosiveness. Cause when I would do those, speed push-ups. I would do, I would keep my elbows in. I wasn't flaring out. I didn't want to risk blowing a shoulder out. I was really pumping my triceps. So I'm like this and I'm hitting my chest. You know, a lot of guys just they quarter push-ups and shit. No, I went all full range and I had to keep my feet up against the wall because I would move forward. I would bounce really. I mean, cause I'm, I'm going so rapidly. Uh, and the barbell, the bench helped me with that. I used to like when people would buy my, um, fitness stuff at one point, I used to offer, uh, you know, I'd give them my routine that I used to do it. And, um, yeah, so, but I wouldn't say my benching was powerlifting. It wasn't, I was just using that exercise too, cause that's closely simulates the bench press or the, uh, the push up. But, um, anything you do, just do in moderation and, you know, as far as when you're starting out, build up. Okay, because you don't want to injure yourself. You want to go, you know, you want to take things slow and steady wins the race. Okay, Uh, don't come out of the gate so fast, you know, figuratively speaking, uh, that you, you know, injure yourself and you can't finish your your goal. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I I think that's a problem that a lot of guys have. They want to go too fast, too quick, and really – what I learned was, you know, slow, 
slow and steady and perfect the technique and then gradually increase speed. Well, you're going to have that happening coming up because January 1st is right around the corner and everybody's going to do their New Year's resolution and they're going to want to make all these commitments, especially, well, maybe not so much because of the COVID. The, the gyms may still be closed. I don't know. But people, I know, everybody's making a joke about my, they say, what, my COVID-15 or my COVID-20 COVID or covid I know that the disease, I know that it's called COVID-19, but people are saying this is my COVID-15 or my COVID-20. Like this is the 15 pounds of 20 pounds that I put on from COVID. Um, so I know there's a lot of anxious people out there that want to lose that weight. And yeah, they may do that, get all gung-ho and then all, all of a sudden blow out or burn out. Um, but yeah, you know, it's slow and steady. But again, I want everybody out there, people that follow me or know me, I, I've been through all of this too. You know, I get all razzed up, you know, and I want to do, do, do. And sometimes I burn out too, you know, I'm not perfect. You know, I go through my things, you know, um, but I do tend to immerse myself, which is different than burning out. So I, I really, if I'm going to do something seriously, then I'm all in, you know, and that's important, but I know how to do it. You know, I know how to learn. And, and I, and I, you know, I got, before you logged on, Joe and I were talking about what I'm doing with this technical stuff with the cameras and trying to figure everything out. And I'm immersing myself watching shitloads of instructional stuff and, and reading things on, you know, specs and experts and, you know, all of this. So, um, but yeah, I don't want to risk anybody getting injured or hurt temporarily or permanently or just not getting the gains, you know, many, many times less is more. Sometimes you people overtrain, you know, and, and that's not good. And, you know, if you're doing drugs, you know, you get the ability to work out more often, you recover quicker. That's the big thing. And, you know, um, us normal people can't recover like others, you know, it's got nothing to do with your age, even just, you can't recover, you know, your body takes a while to build back up. So, you know, and then you can get information overload too. You could learn too much too quick and it all becomes a blur, you know, like, Oh man, it's so much to swallow, you know, but, um, yeah, that's, so what are you guys up to this, uh, this week? On another note. Party's over, man. It's back to the grindstone full week of work, you know, <laughs> no more holidays. So, and prepping for Christmas. So, Got to still got to get stuff for the family. All that noise. Yeah, brother. Don't forget got, your family. Uh, Don't forget your family at Christmas, brother. <laughs> I probably the good thing is I don't take hints, so I'm very. <laughs> yeah, you may not take hints, but the next time I see you, you're going to take a few hits. That's for sure. You have that. Yeah, you need that a little bit. Yeah. So what 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 do you say earlier, Nico? The body shots, right? That's that's what we all were talking. Hit them in the body, man, and wear them out. I won't leave a mark on you, Joe. I promise. Um, yeah, and I got my last two weeks of cla uh, class, so I'm wrapping that up. So Good. I gotta gotta prep up for the final. Yeah, we're gonna have to have a little cyber party when you final. You know, when you when you graduate, me, you know, Nico and myself will, will and you will get on the Zoom privately, and we'll uh, we'll do a little celebration. Sounds good. My, I'll drink my espresso that Nico gave me and, you know, uh, and you guys can't have any cause I can't, I can't, unless you guys have a 3d printer, then you can do, you can print up the 3d cop, the espresso 3d. 
Drink that, Joe. I'll be drinking something. I don't know if it's espresso. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> right? God, I, I hate you, man. Uh, what are you going to do? Well, speaking about COVID losses and drinking, my favorite margarita place is closed at the moment, so that's upsetting. Their staff came down. I, I tried calling, and they didn't have anything on their message machine or website, so I drove by there, and they had signs posted up that their staff had COVID. So um, just another huge loss. You know, and all these losses our country. That's a big one. Well, the Ohio State Buckeye game got canceled yesterday, you know, because of COVID again with Illinois. And that's why I, I you wanted to make sure that my Browns are playing because they're playing Jacksonville or, yeah, Jacksonville, they're one and nine. So I want the Browns to win this. But I was hoping to watch the Steelers game, speaking of COVID, on Thursday on Thanksgiving. Steelers game got called off. Steelers against the Ravens. That's – I. Okay, the Steelers are ten and zero. Okay, the Steelers and the Ravens have both beaten the Browns. In the Browns are in second place, but any tiebreaker would would go to the Steelers or the Ravens. So I'm thinking, you know what? We'll never catch the Steelers. <clears throat> They're ten and zero. The Browns are six and three, um, or se- six and three or seven and three. Now I forgot. Now, um, and there's no hope for the Browns to catch them. So I'm, I was pulling for the Steelers to beat the Ravens because, you know, this way we have a game up still on the Ravens and that would have made it two games up. So yeah, I'm pulling for uh, the, the, but my, if my cousin is watching or listening in Pennsylvania, do not think Paulette that I've become a Steeler fan. I have not hit rock bottom yet. Okay. Even though it may seem like it, no. Okay. So good luck to you, Paulette, and gloat while you can. All good things must come to an end, and they will the next time you get on the field with the Cleveland Browns because we're putting our we're getting our act together. Just had to throw that out there. Although I guess I put the two and two together that, you know, there's a worldwide pandemic, and that's how the Browns are able to be in a winning season now at this point. Yeah, you know, I was just giving it some thought. No, Nico, no, I'm not going to hit him in the body after all. A couple of headshots, that's what it's going to take on him, you know. His head will be going like a pinball. I'm going to be on him like a hobo on a ham sandwich, man. I'm just going to just take him out. Yeah, that's what he needs. Well, technically, yeah, if you're on somebody, it is a hobo on something. Yeah. Yeah, and and one more thing now, Nico. Yeah, I may even I may even have to kick him in the balls. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. No, this guy just keeps writing his own destiny here. This is sad to see the decline of Joe Cardinal uh, like this. But that's uh, but your wife's gone away. I can get it. You're going nuts without her. I I I, I get it. He's going to teach you a lesson in pain tolerance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Every week I get that on the podcast. <laughs> pain, pain tolerance and emergency rescue services. We'll see how good the, the paramedics are out here. <laughs> you know, um, well, I'm CPR certified, so I can practice. There you go, man. You can be here for this. Yeah, you can help me carry him out, you know, because I don't you know, shit. Carry him to his car. Call the cops and say, hey, there's some drunk. Some asshole passed out in my car, in his car in my driveway. Go, come get him. <laughs> Sheriffs will come. <laughs> oh, no, Joe. You know, I love you, man. I just really do. I mean, you're like a, you're just like a brother that I wish would have been aborted before birth. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, you're here now, and we're stuck with you. 
It's definitely an abusive relationship. Yes. Yeah. That's how, that's how it is. Yeah. You know, but uh, no, but anyway, on that note, guys, I guess we're going to have to start wrapping this up because Nico, let me look at the clock on the wall. Nico has to leave. I got to run. So we might as well um, cut it short and, and get prepared for next week. I hope everybody has a good weekend and I got to get to back to calculating on what I'm going to do. And just to give a little heads up on that. So, this is a podcast, although we do video this and this is up on our, we put a link on our Facebook page and then it goes to our YouTube. But these videos that I was thinking about doing once or twice a week, I'll just send them to Joe and Joe can upload them on YouTube. Um, so they'll be strictly video only. They will not be like an audio podcast. Um, and we'll go, we'll go from there. So that I got to do some more research because I got to get a camera. I can't use this webcam. And once I get all that set up, this we're doing on Zoom. So, you know, our video quality wouldn't matter because Zoom compresses the hell out of it. And I guess YouTube does to a degree too, but not like this. Because I've, I've watched some YouTube videos on a nice television, a big screen TV, and some of the quality was just like man, this is better than anything, anything I ever saw in a movie theater. I am blown away by this stuff that I saw in a 4K. Even the 1080p on 4K was great. So I'm going to get to humping on that so we can try to get all of that going no later than January 1st. Um, but it's difficult. And I'll, I will be in, in, in doing my uh, camcorders that I have that I use for all my other instructional videos. I can set them up and we'll get this thing going, but that'll be for the membership. We'll, we'll have where I can do some instructional videos from maybe different angles. We'll see how it goes. I'm no, no promises on that, but definitely promises on the YouTube thing. I, I'm going to do that for sure. So guys, I want to thank you once again, you two are the salt of the earth and we may have a special guest next week, the living legend, Jason. I'm going on a week long bender he will be here one of my students and one of my dearest friends i love him to death he's a bjj black belt and he's got a new school that opened up in august i believe right in the midst of this pandemic unfortunately so we used to work out all, all of us guys at his where he was working out before at a gym in chicago on the north side but this is going to probably be in the same area as jim we haven't been out there because of the covid so he's anxious to get back into training and I don't know when that'll be, but he'll be on the show next weekend. I guess he's supposed to get in touch with you and, you know, Joe and Nico and work it out. But, you know, he's a great coach, man. He just has this patience and just this way about him. Um, it's an inspiration, really. And uh, I, I look forward to having him on the show, you know, and, and, and see what he has to say. And then upcoming guests will be Javier Palomo when you guys get that. And, uh, I want to get Paul Dodds from the UK first of the year. I want him on and uh, you know, it's just, it's going to be a groovy thing and hopefully we can get more, uh, you know, people on and uh, you know, once a month or something like that, or get a couple people on at the same time, even that would be cool. Like maybe, well, it's too late for Javier probably next week, but we'll, we'll have Jason on his own, but yeah, we could do a little thing. Cause like I said, we can get a hundred people, I think on this zoom. So that would be kind of cool you know, just to have a bunch of people and stuff, you know, right? Yeah, well, we got a I lot agree. of uh, good good connections, a lot of good friends that we need to get on here for sure. 
Yeah, can you see if you can get George Benson on here? Because he's one of my maybe my favorite guitarists now. I was I loved Glenn Campbell, believe it or not. People think he was just a rhinestone cowboy. That man was a monster player. And he actually did a a, a thing with uh George Benson on Midnight Special years ago, and I cannot find it. But everybody talks about that, you know, how Glenn Campbell actually cut George Benson. I would love to hear that. But I would love to get George Benson on the show, Joe. It, I'm going to put that in your able hands because you're a j- you're a bass player, so um, you have a little bit of more pull than I would um, with him. And he is a sensational man. I've, I've I've seen interviews with him and everything, and I, I would love to. That's 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 a guy in the music world that I would love to meet, even if it was like this way, you know, and have him on just to talk about jazz and just things. You know, and it would be kind of cool. I know he's not a fighter, but honestly, and we're, I'm just blowing smoke here because, you know, we're never going to get him on the show. But it would be cool to to have a, a serious, world-class, nobody better type of musician and and ask him, ask him or her. They're not fighters, but how would you coach a guy who has no interest in learning music, per se, but to make him a better fighter? You know, I would love to get it, get an opinion, put him on the spot. This is probably something that I'm sure no musician has ever been asked this, you know, but think about it. It's not fair for me. Because, well, first of all, I'm not a world-class musician, but I, I, I did music and fighting at the same time. So it don't, I would like to just talk to a musician that never fought, has no fight training and see how they would handle a guy that would come in and say, Hey, I want to learn some rhythm or I want to learn some, how can I improvise? How can you teach me? You know, I'd like to hear that. I'd I'd be really interested to hear that. Yeah. yeah, Right. Me too. Because I self-taught myself as far as the improvisation. Well, I studied jazz improvisation, but I put it, my coach did not, my music teacher did not coach me how to correlate improvising to fighting. You know, I just did it. I really would like to hear, you know, because um, now Jerry Sigler, uh, he boxed a little, you know, and we used to go to the fights together. But we, you know, he just, he, you know, it wasn't going to work out that way. He didn't have a correlation going on. But I, I would love to hear what George Benson or, you know, um, somebody like that, you know, would, would, would say. That'd be kind of interesting. So anyway, I guess on that note, if you can't, Get George Benson. Um, like I said, Julie Newmar will definitely work. Um, and uh, see, Raquel Welsh is married. So, you know, I don't want to put any kind of so – I don't want to jeopardize her marriage, man. That's the thing. You got to keep her away from me because you never know, right? Um, I don't want to be the other man. Uh, so, yeah, you got to get, get a, a, somebody, you know, that's single, Joe. You can do this. You got got the abilities and your wife's in california right now so she's got to know all these people well see the thing is is that there's court order so i have to i think we'll have to have nico reach out to these women i i'm not allowed to uh i think nico's got a court order problem too right with that traffic ticket thing oh man yeah. <laughs> i'm running from the law dude <laughs> so no no court order shit out there Oh, one ticket ruined my life. Oh, okay. Well, I'm sure Jennifer Aniston is watching. So, yes, Jennifer, you can please email either Nico or Joe or myself, and I would love to have you on the show as well. So, because I know she's a big fan of, of 
of the Snap No Tap podcast. Aren't they all? All right, guys. So thanks again. And I guess uh, we'll see you next week. All right. Have a good one. Yep. All right. Thank you.